Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. We've been in a relationship series called A Match Made in Heaven, and uh, for those of you that you were married, we have done two parts, and so hopefully after those two sermons, you now have a match made. Everything in your life is perfect now. Two 30-minute sermons, and you're good to go, but uh, today is part three, Match Made in Heaven. Take out your Bibles, turn on your outlines. I... Um, I want to start by showing this verse, and it's in Romans chapter 12, verse 16. And so uh, if we could put that on the slides, this is, this is what it says. It says, live in harmony with one another. No, 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 go back, please. Right there, stay right there. Don't leave. Don't move. Live in harmony with one another. Okay, let's read it out loud together. Ready, here we go. Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Today, I want to talk about the fight for peace. And I want to talk about the fight for peace in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, our communities, in our nation. The fight for peace. Uh, Because if you're going to fight for something, you might as well fight for peace. There's a lot of people fighting each other. But I'm not the enemy. And you're not the enemy, and and we've got to fight for peace. So it says, live in harmony with one another. It's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Live in harmony with one another. Uh, Everybody say harmony. Harmony. Harmony is a really cool concept because it's it's a word that we know uh, is a musical term. Harmony. Harmony, right? It's like, I love the idea of harmony because you have different notes that they're, they're not each other. They're different. They're individual pieces. But when you put them correctly together, they sound really nice. They sound really beautiful. And and that's what harmony is. And so I I have a keyboard here. That's why this is my podium today, this keyboard. And uh, I haven't played the keyboard in a long time. Looks like I can get my mic stand to stay up. What'd you give me this for, Bryson? There we go. We got it. We got it. We got it. Let's give Bryson a round of applause. He's like, and, and so I haven't played the keyboard in a long time, but I, I, I they, they say that it's like riding a bike, but it's not, it's not, but, um, but I, I was just thinking about harmony because if, if you take one note, that's a C note. Right, so let's say this section you're a C note. Can you can you can you make that noise? Come on, make the noise. Sec- this section goes all the way to the back. We can't hear you. Come on, you can just try to act like you're that noise. Like, ready, go. A 
little louder, though. That's perfect, but now you need some volume. Ready, go. Okay, can you remember that note? Stop. Can you remember the note? Because I'm going to tell them a different note, and I don't want you going to their note. So here's your note. Okay, how about this section? Goes, it goes like this, all the way to the back. There's going to be three of you, okay? You remember your note? Okay, let's do it together. Okay, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty, there's a few of you not living in harmony with one another, but that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so let, let's add. Okay, you got it? You're the choir leader, you got it? Okay, let's try it again. I have one row of ahs from this section. I need this to go all the way to the back. Okay, let's try it again. Ready? One, two, three. Remember yours? Remember yours? Let's try it all together. Ready? Come on! So it's like you got this, 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 this is this picture I've got in my head of relationships, right? Your marriage, it should be beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? It's just like. I love you, baby. I need you to come home right now. See, now you're feeling me. Now you're feeling me. Let's, let's, let's just... I think I might have messed up, Amelia, at the end, but I only did it for you. So, so, but I was thinking, I was thinking like this verse says, live in harmony with one another, you know, and, and, and that's, you, you can, you can stop for a second, Chris. And so th- this, this harmony is like, and you guys did it so perfectly. You could tell you go to impact church. No other church could have done it that well, but, but. But harmony is, it goes together. It's three different notes. Like if I play a C chord, they go together. They sound really nice. Husband, wife, marriage. But the problem is, is that some of your relationships, they sound like this. 
You know, you go home, home and you, you're trying to have a conversation. How was your day? Leave me alone. You hurt my feelings. You really pissed me off. It's like a nightmare. offended me. You hurt my feelings. You belittled me. That's what a lot of relationships sound like. So that's why I like this idea of this harmony idea, right? This... I'm trying to figure something out. What was it, Calvin? I, I, I like this. I thought we would add the voices. Maybe Amelia and, and Bryson can sing this little. sing. Let's go. One more time. Come on, everybody sing. beautiful like really truly like when you put tones together and notes together and when your pastor doesn't play it sounds pretty good when when uh when we live this life you know that uh that, that that's in harmony that that it sounds pretty good fight for peace somebody say peace peace peace, peace. and uh, I, I wanted to start by reading the same scriptures that we've read the last couple Sundays, and we start this message out in 1 Corinthians 13. Before we do, I'm going to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this word. We pray that you would speak to us today. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen, amen. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. It says, love is patient. Let's read it together. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. So today, as we look for the fight for peace, I want to dig into peace. And, you know, it's just an obvious um, observation that our world is also neglecting, uh, neglected of peace. Like we would rather fight than have a comfortable, you know, peaceful environment. We would rather fight. I'd rather make myself known. Uh, Phil Jr. or somebody on the sound, can you turn this down just a little bit? Just a little bit. Thank you. That's perfect. And so I want to dig into the soul of the human heart for a minute and figure out where this comes from. 
So in James chapter 4, we have some telling verses in two, the first two verses, 1 and 2. The Bible says this. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they not come from your desire that battle within you? They battle within you. You want something, but you don't get it. Okay, I want to read it again. This is really important for all of us. What causes the fights and the quarrels among you? Those fights, it doesn't matter if it's in your house. It doesn't matter if it's in your job. It doesn't matter if it's in your family, if it's in the nation, right? The fights among you, the quarrels that we have, where do they come from? They come from the desires that battle within you. You want something, but you don't get it. In other words, every fight, every argument, every battle in this world that you have ever been in, it comes from the desires that are in you. So there is a battle that is happening in you before the battle happens outside of you. There's a battle within you that takes place that if you don't win that battle, that battle is going to come out and you're going to battle against somebody or something else. I have desires. You have desires. When two people get together, most often those desires are not the same. When a husband and wife come together, most of the time they don't have the exact same bottom to top desires. And this can cause conflict. I want what I want, and you want what you want. And so now there's this friction, there's this conflict, and I see it my way, and you see it your way. Now listen, how you handle the conflict, how you handle that conflict will either make your relationship or it will break your relationship. How do you handle the conflict? Some relationships, all they do is fight. All they do is argue. Some marriages, some brothers and sisters, siblings, some families, some friendships, all they do is fight. Some of you, let's be honest, you got in a fight on your way to church today. Some of you did. You got in an argument on the way to church. If that's you, this sermon is definitely for you. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 25. He said, a home filled with strife and division destroys itself. Okay, Solomon said something similar in chapter 11 of Proverbs. He said, the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing left. That's why I want to talk today about the fight for peace. Because if you're going to fight in your relationship, you might as well fight for peace. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Come on, prophesy, make it real. I'm a lover, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I want you to write this key phrase down. I want you to write this down. Don't fight the person, fight the problem. Okay, don't fight the person, fight the problem. We've been talking about Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to talk about it some more. And reading verse 12 to you today, in Ephesians 6, 12, he says... For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So he's saying the fight is not against each other. We've been looking at this for a few weeks. My enemy is not you. Your enemy is not the other political party. 
Your enemy is not a different nation. We have been conditioned. We have been told by people before us and people before them and people before them that we have these enemy nations, that China is our enemy, that Russia is our enemy, that North Korea is our enemy. And albeit we might not be in agreement with what we do and with what they do, but another human person or another group of humans is not the enemy. They are not actually our enemy. But there is a spiritual warfare going on, and what the devil wants to do is make us think that we are enemies. The devil wants us to think that we are again that you're my problem and you're not my problem the devil is my problem but what he does is he's he's a schemer he's a deceiver he he is so good at what he does that he's working in the background right like if you had Sam can I can I borrow your glasses for a second can I cuz those just bro that's what I'm talking about right here okay i won't hurt them i promise Bro, you weren't joking. You're like my son, my poor son. He, if I fall off the stage, he, he wasn't kidding. He's blind. Okay, if, if I could put these spiritual glasses on, pretend they're spiritual glasses, right? And I could see in the spirit realm. You, you would see demons and you would see angels. Fighting. Listen, listen. Fighting for your life, for your joy, for your like. If you, there's a reason God doesn't allow us to just see into the spirit realm at will. There's a reason because if you could see into the spirit realm, there, there's a realm of existence that we can't see. And, and, and I know people have a hard time understanding this, but but it's no different than like radio waves you can't see them but you can hear them you can see the effects the same with light i mean light hey we turn on a light bulb and somehow we capture light and and we make it happen but it's invisible in nature and then we can see it same with the wind jesus talked about this you can't see the wind but you can see the effects of the wind right so there's this spiritual realm Angels, demons, they're battling for your soul, your joy, your peace, your harmony in your home, in our world, in our cities, in our nation, in our races. By the way, there's only one race. It's the human race. God created the human race. We are all children of the Most High God. Sam, thank you. Thank you. I don't want to fall off the stage, but thank you. You're in a spirit realm. So this is what Ephesians 6 is saying right here. This is what it's saying in verse 12. He's saying, don't fight the person, fight the problem. Don't fight the person, fight the problem. Don't fight the person, fight the problem. We got to figure out what the problem is so that we can fight the problem. Because if you fight the person, the problem still exists. And so he says we're fighting not against flesh and blood enemies. Man, if we could get that. We're fighting not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And we spend way too much time fighting one another. Way too much time fighting one another. 
And it's a lie of the devil. Don't buy the lie. The devil is a liar. Look at somebody and tell them, the devil is a liar. The truth is not in him. He is a deceiver, a manipulator, a schemer. The devil is a liar. I'll say this again. I said it last week, but I want to say it again. And I might say it again and again and again. But be a bridge builder, not a wall builder. Build bridges, not walls. Be a person of peace. Fight for peace. Fight for peace. Look what the word says here, two verses down in Romans 12, 18. We read 12, 16 about harmony. In Romans 12, 18, he says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. Be at peace. If, if, if you do anything else, Fight for peace. Be a peacemaker. In fact, that's the way Jesus phrased it in Matthew 5. The first sermon that Jesus ever preached publicly. His very first one. He came out and he talked about the Beatitudes, right? Uh, uh, Eight Beatitudes. Eight attitudes that we ought to be. Eight perspectives in life. The Beatitudes. And one of those Beatitudes is this. It's in verse 9. Matthew 5, 9. He says, blessed are the what? Peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the what? Peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. See, a lot of relationships, it's like that clanging on the keyboard. It's agitators, it's instigators, it's aggravators, right? He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, I think it's interesting that Jesus chose the words peacemaker. He didn't say, blessed are those who are peaceful. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, which indicates that you're making peace when there is no peace. See, it's easy to have peace when you're at peace with me. It's easy to have peace when everything is going well. I'm at peace. But what about when everything's going bad? What about when I'm in an argument? What about when I am... uh, Tempted to be defensive or offended, right? He's saying, blessed be the peacemaker, indicating it is not a peaceful situation. If it was already peaceful, we wouldn't have to be peacemakers. So the situation is stressful. It's chaotic. It's volatile. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers. When you're in, picture this, picture it like this. You're in the middle of a war, and there's bombs flying around you, there's bullets flying around you, and your job is to make peace. That's relationships. Make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Listen, anytime you're in an argument in your life, it's like you've been handed a a bomb, It's like you've been handed a stick of dynamite, right? Anytime you're in an argument, it's like, man, I'm in a debate, and now you've handed me this bomb. I've got some dynamite here, and I thought I'd blow this whole place up today, but I got some dynamite, right? This is is not me, and it's not you, okay? This is relationship, relationship. And so what happens is 
We're in a relationship and we're having a heated discussion. And the heated discussion, it escalates. And all of a sudden, you say something that really hurts my feelings. You say something that's really offensive. You say something that just stabbed, it just jabbed at me. Now I've got this bomb because you hurled it at me. You threw it at me. And a bomb wouldn't be a bomb unless it was lit. And every preacher's got to have a lighter in his pocket in case he needs to light up. Y'all don't even know what I'm saying. I think my staff gave me a dud. Never mind. Hey, that looks kind of cool, though. Every man has a little boy in him somewhere. And, 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 and here's, here, here's the choice. Here's the choice. I'm handed a bomb. We're in a heated discussion. I can either detonate this sucker or I can defuse it. It's my choice. I can either blow this thing up. How many have ever done that? Or I can blow this thing out. It's your choice. It's your choice. You say, well, PT, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know how bad it hurt. I don't know how bad it hurt. But let me say this. Why are you giving them the power over your life? Why, because of something that they did, you're saying, that's going to make me so mad. I'm going to be led by the spirit of God and not the spirit of our own flesh. And that's the power of peace. Make peace. Be a peacemaker. Put it out. Blow it out. Don't blow it up. Be a peacemaker. I want you to write this down. This is important. This is another one for you. The goal in your life is not to be right. The goal in any conflict is not to be right. It is to be righteous. It's to be righteous. I know some of you are like, I know, but I am righteously right. I just want you to know. The goal is to be righteous. To navigate through conflict like Christ did. What did he do? He was crucified by his creation. Can you imagine? He was crucified by his creation. For doing nothing but giving his life away. And then they're nailing him to this cross. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They're mocking his royalty. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They they just aren't in their right mind. They just don't have the understanding. God, forgive them. They just don't understand the fullness of this situation. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. I want to give you two biblical keys to write down today in your outline for being a peacemaker, and they go together. If you're going to be a peacemaker, you need to do two things. Number one, you need to ask God to calm your mind. Calm down, baby. Calm your mind. Okay? The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let's read it together. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, I think I have a job opening at church that 
I have never offered this job position to anybody at this point. But seeing that I have 30 or 40 full-time employees and nobody will ever turn my AC on the stage, I'm going to hire somebody to just turn my... I know y'all freeze out every Sunday. I just want mine on. And there isn't one. See? There's not one right here. It's back there and it's over there. So if, if I'm going to stay cool, y'all need to be, bring a blanket. <laughs> y'all need to bring a blanket. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So the greatest fight that you will ever fight, the greatest battle that you will ever battle takes place in your mind, your mind, your mind. It's the battlefield. It is the battlefield. The human mind is vulnerable. The enemy knows that. He knows. Listen. Your one and only enemy in this world is the devil. You don't have another one. You don't have another enemy. Your one and only enemy in this world is Satan. Now, your greatest battle in this world will not be against the devil. It will be against your own mind. Your greatest battle will be against your own mind. Life is a brain game. Spiritual life is a brain game. It is a brain game because that is where the enemy attacks. Your enemy, think about it. Some of you deal with fear. Some of you deal with anxiety and stress and worry. Think about it. Doubt, depression, despair, bitterness, brokenness, rejection, betrayal, low self-esteem, anger, rage, Envy, lust, those are all battles of the mind. It's a brain game. They're all mental issues. The devil attacks your mind. And listen, if the devil can defeat your mind, then you will live a defeated life. So he attacks the head because if he can cut the head off, if he can emotionally behead you, then you will be emotionally dead. So he attacks the head. Let's look four verses down. Ephesians chapter six, verse 16. He says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows. So I've got these arrows here. This is what the devil does. The devil, he has this arrow, these flaming arrows, right? And what he's doing is he's constantly shooting these arrows and he's trying to land them in your brain, right? You hurt me. You, how dare you? You hurt me. I, I, I cannot believe. And what happens is if we're not careful, we can go from betrayal to brokenness to bitterness instead of betrayal to brokenness to healing 
And so he wants to land these. I, I don't know if you guys have ever met anybody that, that, that lives with bitterness. Have you ever met anybody that lives with bitterness? Aren't they a pleasure to be around? They don't even realize how they come across. But you can tell within five minutes of a conversation if somebody's dealing and living in bitterness. He says, you know what? I'm going to shoot this arrow. This, look, look at the scripture again. Look at what it says, Ephesians 6.16. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Why? Why do I need a shield? Why do I need the shield of faith? Because you need to defend yourself against the flaming arrows of the evil one. They're constantly being shot. They're constantly being shot. The devil's like, you know what? Let me see if I can land this anger. You know what? Let me see, Let me see if I can land this lust. If I can land this lust... And, and, and I can make this person have to deal with lust for the rest of their life. There's so many other things that I win out of that. If they deal with lust, they're going to deal with broken relationships. If they deal with lust, they're going to deal with loneliness. If they deal with lust, they're going to deal with guilt and shame. So he tries to shoot these arrows of lust. And then what we do is we don't extinguish them with the shield of faith. They land. They take root. And now I start to feel guilty because now he shoots another arrow. He's like, oh, you gave in to your temptation. Great. Now let me shoot another one. Guilt and shame. See, his whole game is a brain game. His whole attack is in the head. I, I, I grew up here in Arizona. Is there any native Arizona? Like you were born here. Come on, and you still live here. Look at that, 17, 18. 19. I want everybody else to know this is our state, baby. This is my state. You can live here, but this is my state. Some of you are California transplants. Don't, don't try to California, Arizona. That's why you came here. That's why you came here. That's why. And, and, and don't try to Seattle, Arizona either. I don't know which is worse. We don't want somebody to create a town downtown and name it something. People are crazy. So he says, shield of faith because we're under attack. We're under attack. He's like, man, I can't believe my wife would say, I can't believe my husband would say. Yeah, it came out of their mouth, but they're not the enemy, we have to realize what the fight is actually about. Who are we fighting? How are we fighting? And so he throws these arrows at us, and it would be daunting if that was the end of the story, but there's good news. Somebody say, there's good news. There's good news. Look at somebody and tell them, there's good news. Because the good news is, is that we serve a God who is greater than the devil and all of his demons combined. We serve a God who says, I will fight your battles for you. We serve a God who is our defender. He is our protector. He is our salvation. And he is our shield of faith. And scripture says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And scripture says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Come on, somebody. This is why we go to God. Because we say, God, I give you control over my mind. 
Romans 8, 6. <laughs> Romans is, is, a, is a tough book. Romans is like, when you're dealing with sin, Romans is the book for you. Read it, memorize it. And he, hey, you know, I, I hear from some of you guys sometimes uh, that, man, tough message, PT. Man, that, that, somebody last week, I don't know how they worded it exactly, but that, boy, that message was good, but it had a sharp edge. Do you read the same Bible I read? It, it says that the word of God, it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It says it divides the soul and the spirit. It's like dividing the joints from the marrow. It's like dividing the fat from the healthy protein. That's what the Bible does. It has an edge if it's preached accurately. The Bible has an edge to it. It has an edge. So Romans, this is what he says. Romans is edgy. He says, if a person, if a person's thinking is controlled by his sinful self, then there is death. But if his thinking is controlled by the spirit, then there is life and peace. Think about that in your relationships. If you're thinking, if your mind, if this game in the brain is controlled by the Spirit, capital S, by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, then there won't be death. But if it's controlled by our flesh and our sinful nature, it leads to death. So we have to go to God. This is, this is, this is the, the, the takeaway is when I'm in conflict... Take a step back. For some of you, you might need to take like 15 steps back, right? Go to God. Pray. And, and don't pray like, God, show her in Jesus' name how wrong she is. God, I'm asking you right now to change her attitude. That's not the right prayer. The right prayer is, God, Help me to respond and to be righteous. Help me to walk in holiness. Help me with my mind because my mind is not minding right now. So help me with my thoughts. Give me a calm mind. Cover my mind. Pray. Look what the Bible says in Philippians. Many of you have read these two verses, and these are great. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. But this is my favorite. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God. Say it. And the peace of God. It transcends all understanding. All understanding. Okay, and the peace of God. In other words, the peace of God, the peace of God that transcends all understanding is the peace from heaven on my life that makes no logical sense. Because I'm going through hell right now, Pastor Trav, but for some strange 
reason. I have the peace of God in my heart. I know I'm surrounded by every demon hell can throw at me, but I'm filled with the spirit of the living God. And so therefore I have this supernatural peace. Some of y'all are excited. You're just staring at me. It's the supernatural. It doesn't make sense. I should be losing my mind right now, but I have the peace of God. I should be stressed or depressed, but I have the joy of the Lord. I should be shaking and trembling in fear right now. But I got the peace of God. This surpasses all human understanding. It transcends everything that seems like it would make sense. It's not logical because it's spiritual. And the second thing I want you to write down to being a peacemaker, it goes with this, is to ask God to guard my mouth. My my mouth. God, guard my mouth. Say it. God, guard my mouth. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that easy? Now we're good for the rest of our lives. We prayed it all together. God, guard my mouth. David said this in Psalm 141. David said, set a guard over my mouth. (laughs) Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. This is telling. It, it, this, this one verse says a lot about David's nature. Doesn't it? I ask you a question. Doesn't it? If you don't pray this prayer, you're, prob- you're probably like an introverted, very, you, you choose your words carefully. You know, when you do speak, we're like, whoa, they're talking. This, this is not David. David had a problem with his mouth. He did. We saw it even as a teenage boy. He's trash talking to Goliath. I'm going to cut your head off with your own sword. And I'm going to feed it to the dogs, baby. He's trash talking. And here he says, set a guard over my mouth. God, please help me with my mouth. Please, will you please help me with my words? Please, don't let me say anything stupid. You ever said anything stupid? Please don't let me say anything hurtful or hateful. God, please, don't let me say anything that I'll regret. We're talking about battles. We're talking about relationships. Guard, guard my mouth. Guard my mouth. Put a guard, put a guard, put a filter. Let anything that comes out of this mouth of mine be filtered through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. Please, God. James was the brother of Jesus, and he talked a lot about the mouth. And I think it's pretty powerful in James chapter 3. So I want to read, I want to read. Verses 5 through 10. This is what James says about our mouth. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, 
It's a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire. And itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures, they're tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil. It's full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's image. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And it speaks more about the mouth. You can read that on your own later. But remember in James 1.19, we've read it the last two Sundays. I'm going to read it again. But James 1.19, he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Proverbs 15.1, Solomon said, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 29, he says, a fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. God, guard my mouth. Here's the crazy thing, is that Jesus gave us the secret to controlling our mouth. He gave us the secret to the mouth. He says that your mind and your mouth are connected. Look what he says, Luke 6. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. An evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Let's read that last sentence out loud together. For out of the abundance of... Do you have the verse? Do you not have it? Yes or no? Okay, let's read it together. For out of the abundance of his heart, the mouth speaks. Let's, let's do it one more time. A little bit louder. For out of the abundance of the So he's saying what you allow in here is eventually going to come out here. What you allow in here is going to come out through here. Do you think it's important to fill your mind with the word? With scripture, with praise, with worship? Do you think it's important to fill your mind with all those social media posts? What people say on Facebook in their little drama rants? So one reason I don't have Facebook, Instagram, you could just post pictures and videos. But I've heard rumor on the street is that Facebook is, first of all, for old people. Second of all, it's all drama. It's their rant. So what I allow in my mind is the seed that is planted and what comes out of my mouth is the fruit, the fruit that we grew. So what I allow in my mind, listen, some of you are going to go home, you're not going to get this and you're going to have a fight. Okay, what you allow in your mind, it comes out of your mouth. You don't have to focus on every thought that pops in your head. You don't have to focus on every flaming arrow that the devil shoots at your brain. You don't have to. Listen, he's going to shoot them anyway. 
He doesn't need your permission. He's not asking for your permission. He's going to shoot these arrows. And you're going to go home. And this, you know, anytime you're in a relationship, these kind of messages, they kind of spark some conversations. And when you get into those conversations, what's going to happen is the devil's going to go. And now you have a choice. Are you going to take up the shield of faith and deflect and protect or are you going to just let it land? Because everything you think, you don't have to keep thinking. Right? It's like watching television. Remember in the old days when we used to watch television? Does everybody know what a television is? Because now it's all on our cell phones and our iPads. Does, does anybody still have, like, cable, TV? Like, very few people, right? Remember the old days when we had cable, TV, and you would flip through the channels, Right? And, and I've never been one to like scary movies, ever. Never. Even when I was a kid and kids did it just to go get scared for no reason. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I really don't need to see no demons cutting people in half. Like, I'm good. Right? I never, ever, ever found the joy in that. And even today as a full-grown man, part of me is a full-grown man, I'll be watching TV. And if, it, if I see, like, the mask the hockey mask, or if I see the nails, could be Jason, could be Freddie, could be, hi, I'm Chucky, want to play? Could be Chucky. You know what I do? I change the channel. I don't let that demon in my house. I'm changing the channel. I'm going to keep changing the channel. I don't have, the, the, the thought came, the thought came, but I didn't, I didn't walk out the thought. The same as other channels that you shouldn't be focusing on. You know, I know we jump to like extreme conclusions, like pornography, well, of course. What about the news stations you watch all the time and you fill your head up with all this news? You want to know why you're on anxiety medicine? Maybe you need to stop watching national and local news. Now, I get it, man, because some of you are such news junkies. Every time I say that, I get a little hate. Well, we got to know what's going on in our world. No, you need to know what's going on in the word. And that's all you really need to know what's going on because that is the only truth in our life. Let's read this next one together. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, You must give up these things. Give these up. Being bad-tempered, spitefulness, abusive language, dirty talk. Now, if you're married, you, it's not talking about, it's not talking about that kind of dirty talk. And then never tell each other lies. Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use harmful words in talking, only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed. Ephesians 4 again. He says, never let the sun set on your anger or you're going to give the devil a foothold. Don't go to bed pissed. Can I say that in church? I say it elsewhere, so maybe I shouldn't, but I do. You know why we can have peace in our minds and peace in our mouth is it's not because we willpower our way to peace. 
It's because when you're filled with the spirit of God, you're a child of the most high, God dwells in you. And when God dwells in you, you have the power of Jesus Christ in your life, which gives you the power to make peace and to be a peacemaker. I want to end with this last verse. It's in John 16, And I, I don't know if I gave this verse to you, but I'm going to read it. John 16, 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let's give Jesus a round of applause for that. He has overcome the world. I want to pray. Would you bow your heads with me and let's close in prayer today. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love. And Lord, your word is very, very powerful. We thank you that you've given us this roadmap for our life and you've given us this book of life that teaches us how to live together, how to love together, how to be in harmony with one another. God, I start by praying for relationships today, marriages, people who are engaged to be married, people who are dating, and Lord, that you would be the center piece, that you would be the center of it all, that we would build our house, our foundation, our family, our marriage on the rock of Jesus Christ, so that when the storms come, Father, our foundation will not be shaken. God, that we build our house on you. And I want to just talk to those of you today that maybe you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, this is the greatest relationship you can ever have is a relationship with Christ. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can have great relationships with everyone else. He's the key. He is the secret to loving, lasting relationships. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, I just want to invite you to do that now and just you can pray from your heart. If that's you, I want you to pray this right now. I want you to just say, Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my heart. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiving me of every sin I've ever committed and will ever commit. Thank you for being a God of second chances. Thank you for being my hope, my joy, my peace, my rock, my foundation, my salvation. Lord, thank you for your power in my life. Today, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, whether you're in the building or whether you're online, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer today. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, everybody. Let's give them a round of applause. Let's go, everybody. Come on, we are proud of you. Impact Church, would you stand to your feet? Come on, stand to your feet. I hope that you have a great week. God's blessing and favor on your life. 
We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.